Hi, my name's Jeff Langston and welcome to Releasing Potential podcast. And today I'm, I'm really delighted to welcome Gina Morgano. Hi, Gina. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Likewise. And uh, where are you speaking from today, just as, as a matter of interest? I am in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in the United in States. Aha. Okay, so an international guest. Good to have you with us. So let's, let's start off by you sharing your journey and your expertise in the music business. Sure. So I started with music very, very early, really as far back as I can remember. My family was not musical, but they had a deep appreciation for the performing arts. And they would take me to ballet, the symphony, musicals. And when I was a toddler, I started taking piano. And then I was fortunate enough to attend a public high school that happened to have an amazing performing arts program. So whenever instruments were offered, I took them. I took recorder when I could. I started playing the violin. I started playing the clarinet. And I always sang in the choir and I loved musical theater, but I was really an instrumentalist first, a pianist and a violinist primarily. And then around eighth grade, I attended the Interlochen Summer Arts Camp for violin. And while I was there, I got to take different electives. And one of the electives was a small group voice class. And they assigned us an Italian art song to sing. And that same summer, a girl in my cabin had one of the leads in the musical theater program there. So I was surrounded by all this vocal music. I was dabbling in it a bit more intensely than I ever had. And I just mm -hmm. fell in love with it. And I came home and I told my mom I wanted to take voice lessons. Mm -hmm. She said I was crazy. She said, I'm not paying for any more lessons. <laughs> you know, what about violin? What about mm -hmm. piano? What about clarinet? And somehow I convinced her to let me take a voice class. She said, if you take the class for the year and you still wanna take private voice lessons, then okay, but you gotta start with the class. So I took a voice class, I fell in love with it. That teacher happened to have private studio openings. I started with him. It was really the luck of the draw that he was an amazing teacher and there was no looking back. <laughs> so, so, uh... That's that's the beginnings of your career. What, what are you actually doing now? What's your, what's your current role in the business? I am still a singer. I perform as much as I can. I am a voice teacher. I am a podcast host. I love to produce my own concerts and cabarets and benefits. So quite wide reaching by the sound of it. Um, I, I, I'm really interested in the vocal coaching because uh, it is the instrument that singers have at their disposal and it looks, uh, it needs looking after the same as any instrument or any piece of machinery. It actually needs looking after. So tell us a little bit more about the importance of vocal coaching and maybe a couple of examples of what people can do to uh, to actually start keeping that instrument going. Yeah, that's such a great question. So unlike the piano or the violin, which is an external instrument, for a singer, your body is your instrument. Yeah. That means that everything that you do in your life is going to affect your voice. 
And that's not to be obsessive about it, but it's just to be aware and to be mindful about how you are treating your body and your mental health in the day to day. You know, are you practicing self-care? Are you getting enough rest? Are you hydrating? Are you eating nutritious foods? Are you moving your body? Are you managing your stress levels? That's huge. You know, our bodies tense up when we're stressed and that causes tension in the voice. So it's really important to cultivate healthy self-care practices for your everyday life, but particularly if you are a singer, because it does play such a huge, huge role. And then the other thing is training, right? We all have a voice, whether you think you can sing or not, you can, you have a voice, you have a beautiful voice, and your voice is capable of making any of these sounds that you want to make. The challenge is unlocking all of the unnecessary tension and coordinating the musculature on command. Mm -hmm. And that takes training. Like anything else that you want to be skilled at, there is muscle memory that needs to be built. There is repetition that needs to be practiced. And I highly recommend the guidance of a teacher and someone that can look at your voice and help you discover where your voice can go, the strengths of your voice, and give you exercises to work on your particular challenges because everybody's voice is different. It's, 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 it was fascinating to hear you open it up from just having a set of vocal cords and some lungs that you can sing to broadening it out to such a, a broad way of life, really. So what's, what's some of your initial recommendations when somebody comes to you and said, look, I, I'd like some vocal coaching of some sort. What are the sort of first things that you talk about? Yes. The first thing is alignment and breathing. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about alignment, we're mainly talking about posture, right? We sit at the computer all day, we're hunched over, and that impacts our voice. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times when people think about practicing for voice, they think of being in a practice room and practicing their songs, but there's so much that you can do in your daily life, right? Like if you are sitting at your computer, can you check in with your posture? Can you take some nice deep breaths? Um, I love to guide my students through some stretching, just some, you know, like cross your arm over your chest, do some neck tilts, some very, very basic stretching, some shoulder rolls. And then we'll do a roll down where you sort of flop over like a rag doll, like you're touching your toes. And in that position, I love to encourage students to do a body scan where you're checking in with your feet. Are you grounded like, like a tree trunk with roots growing through the ground? The branches might sway in the wind. You're flexible and buoyant, but you are sturdy. Nothing's going to knock you over. Are your joints unlocked, your knees, your hips? Are you carrying excess tension in your shoulders? Is the back of your neck long? Is your jaw released, your face? And then 
just continue to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. How much can you expand on the inhalation and how much can you deepen that stretch on the exhalation, just finding the full capacity of your breath? Because in everyday life, we are constantly breathing, but we are inhaling and exhaling only a certain amount. Our lung capacity is hovering around the same amount versus when we speak, that expands that expansion and contraction. And then when we sing, we expand even more and contract even more. So you're really exercising your lungs, your intercostal muscles and your ribs, um, and just feeling the breath and getting really in touch with it and being mindful about it. Yeah, the uh, the breath's a fascinating subject anyway. I was reading just in the last couple of days about uh, exercising your diaphragm by taking in a deep breath through your nose right into your belly and then holding it there, which is uh, which is to, to, to strengthen one of the uh, one of these muscles that are often not thought of in the body right so the when you inhale your diaphragm descends and when you exhale it comes back up but you can't really consciously move your diaphragm it's just it happens when you breathe mm. it's something we don't necessarily think about really on, on a day-to-day -day basis and also i i didn't realize that something something over 70 percent of our body detoxes through our breath, breath as well you know we may sweat etc but it's so important to breathe through your nose, as you said, breathe in through your nose, because that's it filters and adds oxygen to to the body as well, which is uh, which is fascinating. So it's it's far more than just focusing on the vocal cords and and the what people would normally think of as a singer. It's a it's a much broader uh, way of looking after your body and being. And, and you talked about uh, self-awareness and well-being. Uh, you, you also mentioned previously to me about values and, and self-exploration. Tell us a little bit more about why that's so important to uh, a, a singer. When performers are starting out, we have a host of inspirations, right? The childhood inspirations we grew up listening to, the music that we aspire to sing. And while the inspiration piece of that is wonderful, there's also a comparison piece that comes into play, right? Like I wanna sing like that person. I'm not as good as that person. When will I be as good as that person, right? We start having all this mental chatter, comparing ourselves to other people and recordings that we've heard. And the thing is, is that you'll never sound like that person because you're not that person. And while it's great to have a vision for your voice and your career, you also want to make sure that that vision is true to who you are and not based on some external thing of what you think success is or what you think you should be able to sing, hmm. right? You want to show the world what you have to offer. What are your strengths, your gifts, and your values? So when I pick repertoire personally to sing, I'm very, very intentional about what do those lyrics mean? What does this song, this melody, this style show about my technical strengths? And what message do I want to impart? Like why this song now 
for this audience? What message am I sending? How am I aspiring to impact the world through singing this song? And it's so important that you know that. And I think that a lot of times singers will just pick a song they like because they like it without really going deeper to see why it's important that they sing it as opposed to their friend singing it or the person on the recording singing it. Like, what do you have to offer this song? And and what positive difference is it going to make to a singer if they think about that and do something about it? It makes all the difference because then it really becomes about serving and using your voice to make an impact, make a difference, to heal, to comfort, to uplift versus it being about you and how you sound. And, um, you know, it's, it's fine to sing songs that you like just because you like to sing them, mm. but it's not about how you sound on the song. It's about what impact the song can make through you, right? You are the vessel. So you're doing it for other people. You're doing it for your audience, your fans, which is, which is what uh, the being a singer, singer songwriter is all about is actually building a fan base that love your music. Right. And I think that, you know, we can get really caught up in negative mental chatter and thoughts of perfectionism and um, getting caught up in rejection. And we can get really, really down on ourselves. And if we remember why we're doing it, and if we can align with the message of the piece, with our values, with our own experience and our own strengths, if we can bring all of that to the song, then it really doesn't matter if you went flat on that one note or you didn't take a big enough breath on this phrase or all the technical things, because that's never gonna be perfect. But if that's your focus, then you're kind of setting yourself up for, I don't wanna say failure, but like, you know, disappointment and, and not making the impact that you could make because you could totally change someone's day in a major, major way and they're not going to care if that one note was flat. They're going to care how you made them feel. Yeah, yeah, that's a Mary Angelo quote, isn't it? About people remembering how they, how they, they how somebody makes them feel. It, it is about yes. the feeling. Yeah, you're right. Um, you, you also mentioned uh, when you were talking earlier about training, and I know from your website and other things that you, you, you're passionate about practice, and a little bit like vocal coaching. Practice is something that people very often either forget or just don't want to do. You know, why should I do that? But you seem passionate about it. So persuade us, uh, persuade people listening why it is so important to practice. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm very passionate about practice. So um, twofold on my podcast, The Practice Parlor, we talk about practice in two capacities. The first is the technical practice of the practice room. And the second are all those lifestyle practices that we talked about that impact your voice. So again, practice is not just in the practice room, it all counts. But as far as the technical training of the voice, or really practicing anything that you're trying to grow more skilled at, we are all in it for progress, right? We want to grow, we want to improve. And that's not gonna happen if we only sing over and over and over the parts that we do really, really well. 
And that's what, you know, myself included, that's what we tend to do. We go in our room and we start singing the part of the song we love to sing and we feel great singing, but that's not getting any better, right? It's just reinforcing what we already do well. So you have to work on the things that are challenging for you. And that's hard, right? That's hard to, to face. So I understand why people don't always love to practice. Sometimes I don't love to practice, right? Um, but you have to do it and you have to have a system that works for you. So, so often my students will say to me, I don't know what to practice or I don't know if I'm practicing correctly. Like I sing all the time, but I'm not sure if I'm actually practicing. And for me, practice has three parts. There is the planning, the pre-practice, there's the execution, and then there's the reflection. And this just goes in a circle. So you do it over and over and over again. And what this helps you to do is to get very intentional and very specific about what you're practicing. Mm -hmm. So the pre-practice, the planning part, that is, well, in my practice planner, we actually have like a monthly or a quarterly prep section where we talk about aligning your values and we talk about your self-care practices, all those things that have to be in place before you even you know utter a sound. Mm. But then we also talk about setting a goal and an intention, both long-term goals and then for that specific practice session. If you have half an hour, what is your goal for that half an hour? Because students will often go into a practice session and they'll say, well, I'm going to work on this song. That's my goal. I'm going to work on this song. Okay, well, what specifically are you going to work on in that song? Is there a particular phrase that's giving you trouble? Are you wanting to work on your tongue tension? Are you wanting to experience more freedom in your body? Are you wanting to work on your breath to help you get through this one long phrase? Like get very, very specific with your goal. And then how will you do that? If this is the goal, what action steps can you try to try to achieve that goal? So if I'm trying to get through a long phrase, if I'm working on my breath, okay, maybe I will try breathing earlier. Maybe I will try taking a lower, slower breath. Maybe I will try to make sure that my pelvic floor, my lower abdominals, and my intercostals, all the muscles of the support are engaged. And I try those things and I assess, did it work? Did it not work? Well, let's say breathing earlier, didn't really make a difference. Breathing lower and slower really made a difference. Mm. And support helped. I'm not sure that I'm fully engaging my support the way I need to, but I'm making progress there. And then from there, you can make a new plan for the next practice session. And you're going to get there so much faster if you do it this way. I know it's a little tedious, but you'll get faster at it and you will achieve results so much quicker. Short-term pain, long-term gain, by the sound <laughs> of it. Um, how often would you recommend that people consciously practice? Because I'm sure a lot of people listening to this think, 
okay, I practice every day. I pick up the, the guitar or an instrument and I sing. Is that the same as practice in your view? Or are we talking about something which is a lot more different than picking up their chosen instrument and singing along to it? Yeah. Well, again, I think it depends on what your goal is because picking up your instrument and singing along to it could be part of your practice. Maybe your goal that day is to get through the song from start to finish and to, you know, circle my, my challenge spots and see what's going well. Like that's very valid. Um, but you have to have a goal every practice session, even if you're only practicing for five minutes, even if your goal is like, I just want to have fun on this practice session and sing for 30 minutes. That is great but i want you to be intentional about it sounds good sounds really good so imagine that there's there's somebody uh, listening to this at the moment and they're going to do a performance in a venue what's some of the prep they should do before they actually walk out on stage uh, and this can either reflect on the vocal coaching you're talking about or the practice what, what's some really useful thoughts from you my first thought is to do the prep we get anxious before performances i think anxiety can come or nerves or whatever you want to call it that can happen to anybody at any time mm -hmm. however the more prepared you are the better you'll be able to handle that right. and so often people will get nervous because they haven't thoroughly prepared so as long as you know that you've done your part, you've done everything that you can to be ready, then you can respond to whatever comes and whatever happens in that moment and live in that moment and accept yourself. Um, it's when you know you're like, oh, I don't know if this is memorized and oh, maybe I should have practiced more, <laughs> right? Then you start, the nerves really start coming. So um, what goes into preparing? There's the technical side. There is training with your teacher and making sure that you feel good and confident in your technique on that song, that you have done the work, you have it memorized, you've rehearsed with your accompanist, you have thought through and worked on the interpretation of the song, the acting component, if you will, your physicality. Even things like what, what are you gonna wear? What shoes are you gonna wear? Have you practiced in your shoes? You want to eliminate as many variables as possible. There will always be more variables that you didn't account for, but the ones that you know are coming, you want to prepare for them. Hmm. Um, then as far as like that day or even the day before, you really want to practice self-care. Hydrate the day before. Get enough sleep the night before. Plan what you're going to eat and when you're going to eat so that you're not, you know, rushing to the theater and not having had dinner, right? Um, all of those things, um, you know, maybe do some meditation or some deep breathing or something to focus your mind. And then enjoy. Right? <laughs> um, this is what you love to do. If you didn't love to do it, why do it, right? Absolutely. So yeah. this is what you were born to sing. Thanks, thanks for that. It's really, really useful advice. And again, a bit like uh, where you took the vocal coaching 
beyond what people normally think of you've you've taken that warm-up part as well uh, what about a practical warm-up before you walk on stage for for the vocal cords what what sort of things do you recommend that people do yes okay so my first thought is that it's really important to warm up all the time even if you're just playing and practicing in your room you really want to make sure that you do warm up and that you know what works for you. That you're not blindly warming up, but you've worked with your teacher to find a warm up routine that consistently works for you. Now, there are different thoughts to warming up. I personally take the approach where I like to have consistent warm ups that I do day to day, but then I will also add in some that are individualized based on how I feel that day. So, if, for instance, you notice that your voice is sitting far back, you're going to want to do some things to brighten it and lighten it, right? If you're feeling kind of nasal, maybe you want to do some things to create some more space inside. Um, I believe in having a long, medium, and short warm-up. Okay. So a performance day, especially if it's a big, major performance, that might be a long warm-up. And sometimes I'll break it up. I might warm up three times during the day. I'll warm up after I you know, get up, have some breakfast, maybe in the shower, and then that afternoon, and then right before the performance. And by that time, my voice is so warm. I haven't been singing all day, but I've been checking in with it during the day. So what goes into a warm up? The first thing, like I mentioned, is some physical stretching, breathing, and mental focus. Then I like to add phonation to that, add sound to that. So maybe it's just doing some sighs. Oh, oh, some sirens. Just check in with the breath. Start bringing those vocal folds together to see where the voice is at. And then from there, I will usually do either some lip trills or I like to do a Z sound where I pinch my nose. I go, and that really helps me to focus my voice. My voice tends to fall very far back, but again, that's personal to me. Mm -hmm. um, but some lip trills or some tongue trills. Tell us, or about, some tell us about lip trills. Yes. Okay. So a lip trill is like this. Where you're buzzing your lips okay. together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that really helps get the breath going and helps yeah. you to engage your support. Um, that's a form of what's called a semi-occluded vocal tract exercise, an mm -hmm. SOVT. And what that is, is anything that creates a back pressure so that when you're exhaling, all of that air cannot escape at once. There's a, right. there's a back pressure, resistance to that air escaping. Mm -hmm. um, you also might want to sing through a straw, use a straw and sing ooh through it. Um, once you do that, then I like to expand the range a little bit. So starting in the middle voice, and then you start maybe going to the high and low extremes. And then make sure that you are warming up your vowel shapes, aligning your vowels. Usually people have a vowel that they really like and a vowel that they don't really like. <laughs> and you want to make sure that all of them are in the same place and resonating consistently. And then anything individual. So if you're singing a piece that has a lot of coloratura or riffs or fast moving notes, 
you're working on your agility, or if you're singing something that's very legato, you're working on that. If you are belting, are you warming up your belt? Uh, whatever is particular to what you're singing. Thank you. That's absolutely fascinating. And I'm sure there, there are elements of uh, practice that people just don't think of. So that's absolutely brilliant. And uh, I recommend to people listening to this that you go and you start practicing right now. Um, we're going to put some episode notes uh, with references to Gina's website. And I do know, is it a downloadable practice sheet or something on there? Yes, there is. Um, if you go to ginamorgano.com slash planner, the practice planner is there and there is a free daily page download so you can check it out. Fantastic. And if people want to find you, where, where, where do they go, Gina? Where's, where's the best place? You just mentioned your website. What, what else have you got out there? Yes, I am active on Instagram and Facebook at Gina Morgano. Okay. YouTube as well. And the podcast is called The Practice Parlor. Fantastic. We'll, we'll put uh, links to all those uh, all those platforms in the uh, in the episode notes. Uh, coming towards the end of our time together. So a, a couple of last things. First of all, for, for people listening who are looking to make a career in the music industry, what's your one top tip for achieving success, whatever that may be for the individual in, in this business? My top tip is to define success for yourself, mm -hmm. not to allow other people to define it, not to base your definition on what you think it should be or what success is for other people, but to really spend some time thinking about what that means for you. And again, like I said before, what you uniquely have to offer. And you will find so much more fulfillment finding where those things intersect than chasing after some random vision of success that is not really aligned with who you are. Great. Thank you. And a top tip, top tip for keeping physically and mentally fit. Okay. I have two thoughts. Okay. My first thought is that I'm a huge proponent of therapy and I find that most people, myself included, tend to go, I don't say too late, but like after they need it. Like, I think therapy is wonderful for your mental health and there is no shame in that. And if you think you need some therapy, then speak to somebody. If you're having trouble going through some issues in your life, speak to somebody and get help and get support. Don't wait until it snowballs and you're in a bad place. Um, my other thought in terms of physical fitness, um, my number one thing is sleep. Sleep <laughs> over productivity. And that's really, really hard. I do not always succeed in that, but you will be so much more productive if you're prioritizing your sleep. And you will sound better, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's, uh, that's, that's really useful. Thank you. Um, and what, what a way to finish. You promise that, that promise. Uh, so uh, once again, thank you, Gina. Uh, for everybody listening, make sure you subscribe to our releasing potential podcast. We're in season three and we've got lots more amazing guests coming up. Uh, so once again, thank you so much, Gina. It's been absolutely fantastic. Thanks for having me, Jeff. This has been a blast. Thank you.